Alright everybody, welcome to the one year anniversary podcast of the Fresh Takes Podcast with Russo and Felice. I am humbly Paul Russo today and across from me as always is the one man himself, Nick Felice. Nick, how are you doing on this glory, glorious evening? Well, you know, one year, it's amazing with our 14% Rotten Tomato grade. Um, you know, tomorrow is technically the anniversary but it is not a wednesday podcast it's a tuesday besides that one monday we had several several months ago but today is the 46th episode of the fresh takes podcast and for the 13th time we have a special guest we do we do it's our uh, 13 times now monthly guy that we always get on here of course it's my brother pat pat welcome How's it going? Seems fitting. Seems fitting that we get you on here for uh, the one year anniversary since you're our. Uh, he's aged so fast. He's pretty <laughs> much our. Up. He's pretty much our version of Greg Cody. So we're not going to talk about congratulations at all on this pod. Too late. Just happened. Thank you. It's Who's Greg Cody? He is. Um, he's an old senile man that we just love because he's Greg Cody. We know. We don't at all. I like Greg Cody. No one else does. You never know. Well, it's one year and we're still awkward. Pretty well, much. So let's get into it. Yeah, so um, a lot of stuff we were talking about a year ago, pretty much. Uh, obviously, the Stanley Cup and NBA Finals we got going on. We got the U.S. Open happening this weekend. Some potential history in the making going on over there. Um, history in New York. We got sports betting. We'll discuss that a little bit. And then uh, we'll uh, last little part of it instead of our final fresh take we'll discuss our uh, one year here our some of our favorite moments some cool stats and you know uh what we got going forward <laughs> i guess happening and uh happening what to expect yeah. in year two yeah season two so a lot of exciting stuff <clears throat> excuse me going on uh, allergies will kind of do that to you every now and then. So so let's get into it. Yeah, let's dive in. Uh, game 7 going on tomorrow for the Stanley Cup. And you called it. Lord Stanley up for grabs. I did say game 7. Um, you know, this series has been... I mean, it, it's pretty much lived up to the bill, I feel like, for what, we've, uh, what we wanted for the Stanley Cup to kind of be. Um it's been a goalie battle. I think it's a bit more um, – I've said it now for the past you know, couple weeks here. I think it's a bit more physical than we anticipated it being nonetheless still. Um, and then, you know, you got, you got a lot of interesting stuff going on kind of with both teams. Um, you know, not to say we kind of didn't expect it, but you think of the St. Louis Blues, you think of Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, Ryan O'Reilly's kind of been their X factor, at least from the forward position on offense. Look at the Bruins, a um, little bit of, you know, you could say some usual suspects. Martian's kind of played, well, maybe not what we, you know, expect, but you got guys like Bacchus, you know, playing extremely well. Guys that, um, maybe guys you don't expect, you know, I guess maybe this he- would be the headline for the Stanley Cup so far. Um, a rookie goalie in Bennington for the Blues who has simply played you know, tremendous hockey, and maybe the only guy in the series playing better than him is Tuka Rask for the Bruins, the other goalie. So, you know, I think you've got, you got a lot of interesting cases going on here for, you know, whatever you want to call it, series MVP, outstanding player, 
to be a goalie. Um, either way, I think, you know, I think if Boston wins, it goes to Tukarask, I think. If Blues wins, it probably goes to Bennington. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been a really funky, hilarious, uh, physical, mind-boggling series, really. Um, you have, you know, like I said, you know, you have a war horse like Zanero Charles out there literally playing with a broken jaw. He can't open his mouth, can't talk, can't do anything. He looks literally like a zombie out there pretty much because the way his uh, beard is now, and especially after he got hit with the uh, with the puck, uh, he literally had just blood on his face and was like, damn, we have a white. See Boston making it more than St. Louis now, Paul. overall, but... You've said multiple times that you think the Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup. Yep. I want to go back to you okay. and give me three reasons why the Blues could change your mind. Well, three reasons why the Blues could change my mind, eh? Well, <laughs> this is obviously a little bit of a tough one because I've kind of been dead set on Boston um, really the You still think time. it's going to be Boston 7? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I said that kind of from the get go. It doesn't have to be three things. Just give me one thing. What the Blues can do. I mean, obviously, I think you know. So Boston's kind of deal all year. Their defense has been, um, kind of slow. You kind of it's it's an older overall. It's a bit of an older defense, uh, defensive lines that they have. Obviously, I mean, you look at it. I mean, it's a little bit different from me to you guys, I guess. But, you know, for you guys, you know, you think of Boston Bruins defense, defensive players, you think Zidane Chara. I think of Charlie McAvoy. You guys have probably never heard of Charlie McAvoy, really, until I just probably said his name, correct? Correct. Okay. Pat, Pat Yeah, Pat, Pat's just sitting there in pretty much in dumbfounded silence. Uh, so... I think one main key is if you're able to jump on this defense early on, um, not to say you only need one or two goals. I don't think that will suffice. But you jump early on, you put you put the pucks on net. Obviously, one or two will find their way past Tuca. That's just hockey. It doesn't matter how good of a goalie you are. If you put up, you know, 40 shots within a 30-minute time frame, in a hockey game, which, you know, is halfway time-wise, um, one or two are bound to find their way through the net. So I think if you're able to, if your offense, if your offensive game plan of, you know, pretty much not charging in the sense of the penalty in hockey, uh, but if you if you can charge that defense, I think you will get a couple goals, and with the way Bennington's been playing, that may be all you need. You know, the second key thing, it is on the rookie goaltender. Uh, rookies, he's been playing great throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs overall. Um, he's had a couple of hiccups here, obviously, in the final. Um, you need him to play extremely well. Uh, I don't care what they say, game seven on the road, obviously, let alone for you know, like a veteran goalie, obviously, but a rookie goalie who has shown signs this playoff, especially in the final now, of having some lapses, you know, you need to hope that he he keeps the pace of what he's, you know, put up from the overall standpoint of it, where it's not that one night out of, you know, eight where he's, you know, giving up some, you know, not, not terrible pucks on that, but, you know, some... You know, maybe 
somewhere in the line of gimme an average goal. Is uh, is this Tuka Rask's first final? Has he ever won? Tuka has not won, to my knowledge. I think he was in one final before with the Bruins. I could be wrong. So this is kind of new territory for him, yeah. too, even though he's the older player. Yeah, um, and I think uh, the other main thing for at least the Blues, and I said it kind of, I said his name off the bat and talking, um, I think you need to hope that Tarasenko kind of shows himself a little bit. Um, not to say he's been dormant in the finals, but he hasn't been your main guy. Um, you get your, what, the outside world, especially looking into this, considers your best player he needs to be on the spotlight um you know give you an example of it the lightning in round one you know they got swept and i think one of the main reasons why is because their main guy is like kucherov and stamkos the guys you know who the world looks at and say hey those are the one or two guys right those are their that's the best player on the ice and they didn't show up you need tarasenko to show up um if that happens, I think I think the Blues have more than a reasonable shot at getting Game 7 on the road and hoisting their first Stanley Cup. Um, I think those are three keys. So attack the defense. Rookie goalie plays extremely on his head and not getting into the pressure. Tarasenko shows up. I think those are the big three. Uh, three main keys. But you think it's going to be the Bruins? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. I think the Bruins are... At home. Obviously at home, but at this point you kind of look at and they might be a little bit of a team of destiny at this point. Um, Just the way... Not not the way things per se have fallen into their lap throughout this playoff run. Um, But, you know, you, you end up not having to face Tampa Bay. You end up handling... The Hurricanes pretty damn well. Um, they they came back bit, against the Blue Jackets. Though, yeah, right? you had a little bit of a hiccup with the with Columbus, but overall, you, you think about they dodged a major bull and not having to face Tampa Bay, obviously, um, and you got by Carolina, obviously quick and easy, uh, very much so. I think what we thought going into that round than than what we initially thought, where Carolina would put up that fight, and they really didn't. So and they beat Toronto in seven. Yeah, they did. In the I first mean, round? It's, like I said, it's, it might be a little bit of a team of destiny for Boston at this point a little bit. So, hey, congrats to Boston fans. You made it you know, through this long drought without having a parade, and you just might be getting one again next week. Right. When you told me the final eight teams in hockey, I said it was going to be the Bruins, and I'm sticking with the Bruins. Yep. You it's guys be said a good game. six, though, didn't you? Six or, five or six or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Definitely off on both my predictions from last week <laughs> in the NBA as well. We'll get two. But, yeah, go Bruins. Not go Bruins, but <laughs> that's my pick. Yeah. Pat, you Screw got anything Boston. over there? Anything was still on it? No. <laughs> Clearly, I don't think then so. Then, you know what? Throw the refs away. Get everyone on the ice and let them just go at it. Have fun. Bold strategy. Get the refs out. Let them just free for all. That's all I got for hockey. I don't watch. I don't care. A key thing too. <laughs> a key Plain th- and simple. I didn't. I didn't really. But go Blues. No Boston sports are allowed to win titles, so go Blues. <laughs> I didn't really match. I don't think it's a like at least on ice play wise key. I think a good thing. I think a thing to watch and Pat reminds me, reminds me of it a little bit. Um, the NH. Not to say 
the NHL has put, you know, a bulletin into the referees per se, but they have been a bit on edge with the way they've been calling certain penalties this series, kind of like getting ahead of the curve a little bit. Um, You know, we all watch baseball. um, So the example I use to you guys is, remember when, um, who were the Mets facing when they had the whole entire bean fest a couple years ago? Um, I don't know. Was it the Dodgers or something? I can't remember. Um, but when Noah Syndergaard, the first pitch of the game, threw behind the batter and they ejected him right away, you know, not not to the extreme, obviously, what the NHL referees have been doing, but it's kind of been preemptive and, hey, cut it out, don't do it, we're going to call it to a full extent type deal. Um, I think that will be a little bit of a key to Game 7 should stuff on ice play out that way. I, you know, obviously it's the last game of the year, um, but you know, should something happen really early on in in the game, you know the refs will do a preemptive strike. I think um, should it be a type of penalty that way, like a charge, um, something like that. You know, so it should be. It, it will be a fun game. I, game seven in hockey is. If it's not number one most exciting sporting event, it's damn near close to it. <laughs> so I agree. It's exciting. I mean, yeah, maybe Pat doesn't agree, but it's Game Seven in hockey. There's a reason more people tune into a 13 to nothing soccer match today over Game Seven of the Stanley Cup tomorrow. Don't think that's true. I don't think I that's think it good. Might be. You want to bet? <laughs> Whoa. We have a bet here? Yeah, you want to no. bet? No? I'm not going to bet. Not very confident over yeah, there. Yeah, he's even gone. Well, we've been on this topic for 17 minutes. I just want to get a move. Actually, that's a lie. We've been on it for about 12. So, Well, this guy. Wow, even better. 13th episode. He's just calling the shots 12 now. 12 minutes of hockey is 12 oh, minutes too much. You know, I thought this was Paul Russo and Nick Felice, not Fresh Takes with Pat Russo and I mean, Pat in Russo. his defense, it is Russo and Felice. He could get confused. That's a fair point. But we have a cake. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I went over because I thought you were going to kind of say something else to kind of wrap it up. But, uh, yeah, we got we got some cookie cake to celebrate <laughs> later on. So Yeah, one year. You can't see the candle. We don't got the budget for a bigger candle wait, yet. Wait, but we kind of – no, they still can't see the candle. No, no, no. But bring it over here. kind of could. Yeah, yeah, do that. Then. Wait, hold on. Nice. Yeah, let me get it over. Nicely done. There we go. There it is. Nicely done. The one is obviously for the one year. If you didn't know. Um, Shout out Walmart. I mean, we got the colors, like the fresh take look colors. I mean, I think that's right. Fortunately, the TV wouldn't cooperate today, so. Smells even, good. We got the awesome generic, I guess, Finger Lakes 1 logo up, though, so that's pretty great. Yep. At the very center. least, but the color scheme Ooh, matches. The color scheme matches. That's, that's the good point about that. All right, let's get to the next count. Uh, <laughs> next let's one. get to the next topic without calling a timeout. You good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll call timeout. Nick Nurse should take notes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Already. Call Pat that. throwing. Pat throwing that ish, bro. I actually said it. <laughs> I thought it was Pat. Nick throwing well, he that said without ish, call bro. Yeah, he brought I up just Nick said Nurse. Nick Nurse should take so notes. So much ish being thrown, bro. <laughs> anyway. Boy, this NBA Finals has been kind of um, kind of weird. I think is a safe way to put it. Um, I think it's been exciting. 
I don't think... <laughs> Everyone has different words. I think Pat. looking back on it, I don't know if we'd exactly retool our predictions in any way, shape, or form. I don't think we anticipated Boogie coming back and having an impact the way he did initially off the bat in game... What was it? Didn't he play game, game three? one and flop on did his he? face? No. You sure he didn't play it all game one? I don't think so. Because I know game two he did very good, and then game three and four he yeah, fell on his game, face. Well, either way, my DraftKings has been fantastic. Yeah, I think he came back game one. So. I'm pretty sure he played a little in game one. Irregardless. Um, yeah, game five last night was really... Um, <laughs> you, the Raptors were up by, what, 13 or 14 at one point? in the, No, no, Golden State was up 13 or 14 at one point. I say. Well, look. And that's also while Durant was still in. He's tired. It's been a whole year on this show, you know? Give him a break. <laughs> a whole year, no sleep. Either No way. days off. <laughs> Golden State's up by what? Like I said, 13 or 14 at one point. In the fourth quarter, I think it was even kind of off the start. You were there, it was like at the end of the third. Don't give me a look over there, Pat. I don't think they were. Whatever. You know, we try out here, and yet you're just out here throwing shade. Yeah. I want to make sure we get this right. Well, you look it up and I'll talk. 13th episode, he thinks he's the man. Um, uh, they were they were up six obviously, three minutes yeah, ago. Obviously, now the the headlines are going to dominate with this whole entire he, you know narrative of, okay, Durant's now officially probably out the rest of the series. Um, do you guys see that video up, by the way? The close-up. That, that is gross. gross. Why do people do that? <laughs> So we can see what happens. It's I don't. All yeah, over, I don't need to see it's all it. All over the internet. Too. I don't need to see it like on loop though. I just, I saw it once. That's all I needed. Um. Yeah. Obviously, the main headlines are going to be that you have obviously the Toronto fans cheering the injury, which is ridiculous. Um. Just so you know, the Warriors were up six going into the fourth. Okay. Okay. In in Toronto Raptors fans' defense. Oh. They were just, they're not excited that the dude is hurt. They're excited that the dude is coming out of the game. Come on. Sure, there are the fans, there are those those guys out there like, yeah, he got injured. Like the guy that was waving. I mean, like he knew what happened. When Durant is getting, it's like getting fouled out. You get excited. Obviously, it's a little different to getting fouled out, but it's just, you're excited that he's coming out of the game, so you got a better chance to win because he's the best player in the league. That's my defense towards Raptors fans. That. I don't really defend the fact they're cheering for an injury. Um, I agree they're cheering for him coming out at that point. Obviously, they don't know the extent of the injury. That guy waving on the sideline or on the baseline at Durant, that dude is pathetic, and I would never let him step foot inside an NBA arena again. It is absolutely sickening to see any sort of human watch another human go down or wish for another human to go down in any way, shape, or form. Um... I don't know. I just, I don't like people rooting for injuries. I don't like people cheering when anyone goes down. I, I don't I don't think that is fun at all, and that's absolutely classless to see from Toronto fans. I don't really put it past them because they've never been in this situation before. Um, the only time Toronto has was like in 1993. So, I mean, I don't put it past them, especially seeing Drake's antics on the sidelines. Um, I love the antics and all, but he did. Have to take it back a little bit. Um, half the stuff he does, any average fan probably gotten teed up for and thrown from the game. So he's lucky he's an ambassador for Toronto and the NBA. 
I'll say that as well. Um, yeah, there's that. Nick Nurse cost him the game. Kyle Lowry cost him the game. I was about to whoever's say, I don't decision, know. Whoever's decision that timeout was cost him the game. Whether I, it came from Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry, well, because Kyle Lowry has to be the one to call it. The players have to call it. But I understand, like, he looked at Nick Nurse, then he looked to Kawhi. So I don't know whose decision it was, but whoever had that ultimate decision to call in that timeout ruined the game for Toronto. You have momentum. You just took the lead. Kawhi Leonard is seemingly on fire when he's been cold all game. Your fans are going nuts. The arena is shaking. And now you're going to let Golden State rest, draw up plays, take the crowd out of it, and get Kawhi cold again. It cost them. That timeout cost them, for now, cost them the championship. I like this angle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Golden State could still win this series. A lot of people are saying they need Durant to play to win this series. If it goes seven, Toronto's in trouble. They are, but they also back at home. You know, they're due to win a home game. They've lost back-to-back home games for the first time this playoffs. Also, also something to note: the only game seven the Warriors have played in the NBA Finals, they lost. Correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't Kawhi won a game seven in the finals? No, no, I can't remember. I thought that series won six, but I can't remember. All right, so either way, Kawhi's used to closing out. Obviously, Golden State is as well. Golden State isn't used to going deep into the finals and closing, though. Wouldn't it be something? My brother pointed this out. Kawhi could end two dynasties. He could. He ended the Miami Heat dynasty, and he could end the Golden State Warriors dynasty. You know what's crazy about this, though? He's needed role players every single game to step up. Do you think they can keep doing it? That's the question. Yes. I mean, Kyle Lowry's not going to be shooting off the side of the backboard every single shot he that, takes. That shot was deflected, though. Yeah. Draymond Green to his fingertips, too. Is it, it, are, you, are you a Cody Parkey fan, too? Or <laughs> Cody Parkey? I feel so bad. Deflected? Too. Deflected? Was it deflected? I feel so bad for him, man. Oh. But, yeah, no. Draymond yeah. did get his fingertips on it. There's pictures... You can clearly see the ball is like hitting his finger and bending it. So yeah, Draymond did get to that ball. Very good defense by Draymond. Um, I don't know. I just, I just can't see the series ending in six. Or the la- this is the official last game in Oregon's <coughs> history. Well, I mean, Paul's the Syracuse fan in here. Oh God! So what? What? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, what are you doing to me right now? What's going? <laughs> Where's this going? Obviously, you weren't around. But do you think there will be a jo- uh, was about to- John Thompson Senior esque comment by a Raptors player if they come out and win Game Six? Will they say Oracle Arena is officially closed? Um, I don't. I don't know if they actually have anyone on that team that would do that. Uh, I don't know. Kyle certainly, Lowry. Certainly not Kawhi. Kyle um, Lowry seems like a guy that could sneak something in there. I don't, actually. There's something about Lowry that just think, he seems like he'll take that quick jab. Honestly. Like, yeah, I sucked my entire career, so let me throw a jab now that I got carried. Honestly, I think maybe like a Siakam might. No, Siakam wouldn't. Because I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. John Thompson saying Manly uh, Fieldhouse yeah, is yeah, officially yeah, closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't pay attention John to John Thompson, everyone's favorite Italian coach in the Big East. 
Yep. <laughs> that comment actually made my dad a Syracuse fan. Fun fact. Hey. Sorry to steal your mojo. But. No, you're good. I mean, but uh, I don't know. I think the Raptors could win Game Six. Why not? You know, they've already won two games in Oracle this Big finals. Big facts. With the same team, I know Clay Thompson is a little more healthier these games, especially that he didn't even play in one of those games. So uh, he's definitely a big addition to the team because that team won basically 73 games. That team. But uh, I don't know. And Zaza Pachulia. Zaza. Zaza was on that 73. Zaza Pachulia, yeah. Uh, I think the Raptors could win game six. I would not be surprised. But if they don't win game six, like you said, I'd be nervous. But they are home. I have confidence that they can win one of these next two games. I mean, you just got to look at it. You got to win one of these next two games. You're the NBA champion. I just can't put in my head that the Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. But. The, the only thing for me is emotions are running high in Golden State. And it's not just because, you know, Durant's down, Durant's out. It, it, he can't come back. There's no way. Unless they find a way to chop his leg off and give him a bionic leg in the matter of 48 hours, he ain't playing. No. They're not nervous. <laughs> Durant is not playing. Like I just said, unless they chop his leg off and give him a bionic leg, just give him a brand new leg made out of metal, yeah. that's the only chance. But If he does that, then he's really dedicated, and I'd be nervous about him going to the Knicks if he's that dedicated to win a championship with the Warriors. All right. But my thing with it is also Oracle, Oracle's got history. Curry and Thompson, Draymond, they're not going to let that stadium go out. Not just on a loss in the finals, but a championship-clinching loss. At the end of the day, I think the emotions are going to be running too high for Golden State. They know what's on the line. I don't know if Toronto fully grasps this situation yet. So I think something's going to happen, as it has pretty much in every game so far in the third quarter, and Golden State's just going to flip a switch, and they're going to go. They're going to go. They're going to make it 3-3. Game 7 will be interesting, to say the least. Yes. Um, I really see this going 7. I didn't see it going 7 to begin with. I figured Durant would come back in a 2-2 series, fully healthy, and just take the next two. Clearly wrong about that. But I don't know. Game 7, it's going to be Curry versus Kawhi. We're going to see both of them go for 40-plus. It's going to be it, Game Dude, 7. I, disagree. I know you're talking about hockey being fun. This game, if if this goes to a Game 7, which I'm planning on it, this could be one of the best just basketball games, period, we've ever seen. Wow. You're going to see two – it's going to be two guys battling it out for the NBA Finals MVP. They're both going to go for 40. They're both going to shoot the ball 30, 40-plus times. It's going to be a hell of a game. If Durant would have stayed healthy and he had won the NBA championship, he would have been a runaway MVP. But. Oh, yeah, it's not even a question. He could have played like crap, and they would have sat there and been like, but you came back, so that helped him win it, so MVP. Yep. But it's going to go seven. But what do you think? You think it's ending tomorrow or Thursday? I mean, I've kind of said this all along. I don't – look. I think Toronto puts up more of a fight than you guys initially gave him credit for. I think we can see that. Um, yeah, I said it was over. Look, five. I I'm probably five go. Six, so 
I will probably have to eat my own words here a little bit. I think they end it Thursday. I mean, they're going to be minus Durant. You've played your better games, obviously, without Durant on the floor. They've played – Nick, what are you doing with your mic? <laughs> I picked that up on the audio over here. Really? Yeah. I was just touching it. I think um, – I think once they – even Durant not being at 100% on the floor yesterday, you saw how much of a difference that made in the game, not only for Golden State, but for how Toronto had to play, both offensively and defensively. I I just like Toronto's opportunities better with Durant out, out for sure. Um, I'm going to pick Toronto to win Thursday, to win the series – but I will preface it like I've said the whole entire time. I will not believe it until I see a team that's not Golden State holding the trophy in the end. <laughs> There's one one key factor that in Game 5 it started to pick up that it hasn't done it, done it all this series. And it's actually one of the keys that I think Chauncey Billups said had to happen. Draymond Green is no longer as hesitant as he was in the first four games to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. If not- that man... Hits 1-3 in the first quarter without hesitating to shoot. Toronto's in trouble. Because if that man gets confidence to do whatever he wants on the floor, he can do whatever he wants on the floor. Draymond Green is an X-factor for this team. And he might be putting up only, you know, 10-10-8. But people don't realize is that 10-10-8 has carried them. He does all the non-statistics He does. He hustles. He's always at the rim, boxing out, rebounding. He's always on the floor. He's always going after that loose ball. He's always looking for that extra pass. Draymond Green is the key to push this to seven. And like I said, if he gets confidence, what they need to do is duct tape his mouth so he can't get teed up. Because if he gets teed up in game six, he cannot play game seven. He's one technical away from being suspended for game seven. So they need to duct tape his mouth. So he can't yell at the refs. Who do you like in seven? You said it's going seven. Oh, God. It's just, it, it's like Paul said. It's like we've talked about Serge Ibaka, Danny Green. Serge Ibaka. They're going to try to make superhero plays that they cannot make. And they're going to dig themselves into a hole. I really think if this goes seven, Golden State's going to take it. Kawhi's going to score 40 in a losing effort, and I think it's going to suck to see that happen to a guy like Kawhi because he's so likable because he doesn't showboat. He doesn't go to the media, you know, <laughs> just, just you know, shooting off on anyone and anything that he gets asked about. So there's only three options left. It's either Toronto wins in six, Toronto wins in seven, or Golden State wins in seven. I want to know what you think, Nick, because I told you Warriors Paul, in seven, Paul you says Toronto in six. I'm going to go with the weird one that no one's even thinking. Raptors in seven. Wow. I think the Warriors are going to have a lot of momentum. (laughs) To be fair, though, that's also Raptors in six. You get it? No. No. I'm going to show myself out. Okay, good. Yes. Um, One year is enough. (laughs) Well, one of us is going to be right. Raptors in seven. I think they're going to give a lot of momentum, Warriors. But... Some reason I don't think they're gonna pull it out in Game Seven. I feel like the headline's gonna be Warriors. We're going in with lots of confidence, but 
EA Tour game favorite. It is. Yes, I it mean, is. it's honestly like I remember playing Tiger Woods in like '05 and '08 when it, when it was on it, and it was literally the course I would always go to to play. Like it's such a fun. Obviously, it's fun to play in video games. And I can only imagine if you're actually like really good at golf, how fun it is to play at Pebble Beach. Like, uh, so I'm excited for it. Um, I honestly say I don't think I've been as excited for a golf tournament in some time, if I'm being honest. There's just something about the allure, I think, of Pebble Beach um, that I think specifically to our generation connects with. I think it's that Tiger Woods connection to it, obviously. Um, but I think for you across from me, Nick, you you know, you got a very nice connection here, possibly. We could witness history mm-hmm. this weekend. Now, obviously, golf's a little bit different. You got for sure, obviously, get through the first two days to make that history. But Brooks, man, can he get the three in a row, you think? Uh, I've been following Brooks for a while now. And he keeps winning and winning and winning. You think one of these majors, he's going to struggle. And he has not struggled here in 2019. He's looking for his third straight U.S. Open. He's already won the last two U.S. Opens and the last two PGAs. He's got four majors. But can he make it three in a row? There's other names out there. There's Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, one of his favorite courses, is Pebble Beach. And he won in Pebble Beach earlier this year. But they make Pebble Beach a lot harder in the U.S. Open, and he's never won a U.S. Open. And if he wins the U.S. Open, he wins the career Grand Slam. And uh, so that's something to watch out for. Jason Day, I just heard, has Tiger Woods all the caddy Stevie Williams. Yep, Stevie Williams is caddying for Jason Day this week. And Jason Day is saying Stevie can take him to the next level at being a U.S. Open champion. I don't know. I think he's like he's one of those guys that has one major that needs to win another major to really make them more of an elite goal for him, Groves, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, those type of guys that have one major. They need to win that second. You know, you gotta get that second major. Then there's the guys that have no majors and gotta get that first one to like Ricky. But uh I still watch out for Ricky, you know. One of these times is going to be his day. I'll say we've been saying it now for how many years? Nicest guy in sports. I feel like Ricky just can't put a full tournament together. No, he always has that one bad round that hurts him. Mm -hmm. And it's either early or late. It's never one in the middle, too. No. He either has that roaring start and falls off, or he just starts slow and then boom. But uh, Rory McIlroy, who just won, he's a name to watch out for. He's looking for his second U.S. Open and his fifth major. Tiger Woods. Looking for his 16th major. That would put him two behind Jack. Do we like Tiger this weekend? No. I mean, I think this course kind of play, obviously plays to him. I mean, he's, this is from, I think, the major standpoint, this is probably his most successful course. Uh, Other than Augusta, obviously. Yeah. But. I mean, well, what from a rotational aspect, this is probably his you know, most successful course. He really hasn't been playing that well other than the Augusta win. Like, um, he hasn't really been playing phenomenal. It should be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he kind of holds up health-wise through it. Um, obviously, that was the main concern during the PGA. We all thought he would roll through there without playing, and obviously he didn't, didn't do well, didn't make a cut. So, 
Should be interesting there. Nick, you kind of mentioned something I wanted to talk about anyway. Um, really lately in the majors, we've kind of had a couple names always, you know, it tends to happen once every now and then where you get one or two names that kind of rise. But the past, you know, three or four majors, you get these guys now rising to the top who kind of, you know, these dark horses, if you will, obviously. Um, I was going to ask, can we, you know, obviously he's getting a rejuvenation with Stevie Williams. I don't know if you really want Kyle Jason Day as that dark horse, at least per se, but, you know, dark horse. Minor wise, dark horse, yeah. Dark horse wise, you know, who can we look at this weekend? I, you know, Pebble Beach, it's a, it's a course that obviously offers, you know, areas where you can blast the ball, but areas where, you know, you do have to be smarter, you know, how much power you can actually put on it. So. He's not really a dark horse, but. He's not one of the favorites, but he's been playing well. Xander Schauffele, yeah. he's another guy like Ricky. I think it's going to be his time. He's very young still. He's like Finau, you know, one of these guys. I think it's going to be a first-time major. We've had Kepka, we've had Woods. I think we're going to see a first-time major here at the U.S. Open. Nice. It's going to play tough. I'd love to see it, you know, around even par, the winner. I'd love to see it tough. So that way there's always room for mistakes and it makes it more exciting, I think. Um, do I think he can win Shoffley? I don't know. I don't know. It all depends who plays well. That's the thing with golf. You just don't know until the weekend who's going to be around. But uh, I would like to see him. I mean, I'd like to see Kepka. I'd like to see Kepka keep going, you know. Heck, he could keep winning. I mean, if he gets five majors, that would tie him with Phil Mickelson. And Phil Mickelson's uh, uh, looked at as an elite golfer. That would be already he'd tie him. And uh, I will say one thing about the U.S. Open. Fox does an unbelievable job covering it. They've done it the last three or four years now. They cover it from, like, I think 8 in the morning till 8 at night, whenever the show's done, all four days. And I just love that. You'll never miss a single shot with uh, Fox covering the U.S. Open. And it's always nice to see Joe Buck yeah. <laughs> on God. your TV screen again. Why do you like Joe Buck? <laughs> you know, he's just, he's he's one of our great voices. Mm-hmm. Paul, question, not a fan. But. A question for you. Is my buddy Harold Varner III in the U.S. Open? Well, I'm going to take a look for you, Pat. And it looks like he is not. Oh. See, I, I never even heard of him until last term. The only reason guys. I know about him is because when he golfs, he golfs in all Jordan. Really? Jordan golf That's shoes, because Pat, Jordan you, pants, do you know where he's, Jordan polos, and Jordan hat. Do you know where he's from? Is he from Chicago? Nope, he is from Michael Jordan's birthplace growing up, Gastonia, North Carolina. Birthplace growing up? Well, hometown, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Okay. But Are you to, sure that's why he is signed with Jordan? Um... Part of the reason. Okay. But to I just ra- think it's pretty cool. Sorry. Yeah, but, but he's from Gastonia. Alright. But to wrap up my pick. Let's hear it. He's going Kepka. I would love to go Kepka. But I'm gonna go with his buddy. I think Dustin gets it You're done. Not going Kepka. Wow. Dustin wins his second US Open. Lock yeah. it in. Huh? Yeah. Oh am I oh. we'll do the we'll do the pick in the one dark horse pick. I'll go with Xander Shoffley. Okay. Dustin Shoffley. I feel like I'm my brother right now, but that's my picks. Do I got to pick, guys? 
Yeah, Dark Horse, Harold Varner the Third, even though he's not even in it. Okay. No. Um, I don't know as much about golf as Nick does over here. Um, just pick two names. I'll just go Jason Day, I guess. We're not going to consider him a dark horse. So let's throw him up there. My dark horse, I just love seeing his name pop up on the screen for some reason. Give me Hideki Matsuyama. Okay. Wow. Give me Matsuyama. That's not right. a bad I feel like he hasn't been doing bad recently because I always see his name at the top of the He did all right in the PGA. Yeah, so give me Hideki Matsuyama to get it done. Konnichiwa, throw it to ball. So that's your the pick is Matsuyama. No. Oh. My dark horse is Matsuyama. Okay. I feel like not many people are picking him. So my pick so, is I'm going to go with the guy who played extremely well last weekend at the Canadian Open. I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy. As your pick. I, he is my pick. Okay. We'll ride the high hand on that one. Paul, my, apparently your, is your mic Yeah, the mic's back on. I had, okay. to, I had that little bit of a cough there, and I forgot to turn okay. it back on. And We're back now. Um, I, I don't know if he's a dark horse, but you want to know what? I have a feeling we might see Bubba Watson turn up this mm. weekend. So... That's a nice pick. I'm going to say keep your eye on Bubba, but I'm going to say Rory will get it done. Wow. No one picked Kepka. I guess we're not feeling, guess we're not feeling historic this weekend with our I, picks. You know, he's just you got to think he's going to play bad in one of these majors, but if he keeps going, man, he might be one of the best golfers of all time. So, um... He's going to catch Jack. Speaking of all time... got to catch Tiger first. Speaking of all time here, guys... We have now entered a uh, new day of gambling here in New York State, officially. Um, it was a unanimous vote yesterday, but New York State officially will have sports betting at casinos. Um, I believe I saw the date was June 26 for when it will officially be signed. Um, what else happened June 26th? Some yeah, guy, what else? Some fat guy's birthday. Um, Who? Jeter? Yeah, Jeter. <laughs> I mean, Jeter. he has gotten pretty big in retirement, so... Everyone does. Uh, Jason Bay? No, no, he's not the 26th. Actually, Jason like Kendall. Nine. Jason Kendall's birthday is the 26th, too. I got Jason Bay, Nick. Uh, All right, back to your point. But um, So, <laughs> yeah. later on this summer, once, we, once uh, the casinos get officially everything, you know, converted over and built, or whatever, you know, they're exactly doing, uh, we'll be able to bet some games. Um, um, what are they called? Crap. <laughs> I forgot parlays? the word in my head. No, not parlays. Um, like the stuff, like within the game even. Um, Prop bets? Yes, thank you. Look, I had a bit of a brain stuff fart. Within I, had the a, game. I had a brain fart. Um, so it's going to be really cool. Um, obviously, so here are the sports for sure that are in it. Uh, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, auto racing, soccer. And then also it lists other major sports. So I'm guessing that's golf, tennis, all that sort UFC. of deal. UFC. Um, <laughs> the only thing uh, that we will not be able to bet on is we will not be able to place wagers on team, college teams from New York in any college game that takes place within New York. Really? Um, so unfortunately, nobody can bet on Cuse beating Clemson this year in football. Um why? Why is that? Technically, you can't even bet on Syracuse. Period for football. So, why is that a thing? Uh, my my understanding is that they want to avoid, if as best as they can, you know, collusion, throwing of games, Money that type of deal. So we can't bet like St. John's either. No, 
No St. John's, no Siena. No University of Rochester, no, no, no Buffalo. Can, no Canisius, no Bonaventure. No SUNY Oswego. No, no SMS Bocce Tournament. No FLCC. Nope, that's not collegiate, so you can. Yeah, you can. It's pro. But either way, this is um some really cool stuff. Um, I'm, My bet is, you know, they already started stuff out at Del Lago even before this pretty much by a month um, by Def Kings. Um which many people already have anyway for daily fantasy sports. I know I do daily fantasy sports fairly regularly now. I've seen. Um, I saw what Turning Stone's going to look like. I know it's a little different with the Turning Stone. In, I the think, Indians. But. I think Turning Stone part. Yeah, Turning Stone partnered with Caesars. Yep. For theirs. So and I Caesar's think Tioga partnered with FanDuel. Yeah, a lot of people. They're all doing. They're all partnered up with different people. I know MGM. I can't remember off the top of my head who MGM partnered with. Probably one of the other two. Yeah. But um, I saw Turning Stones, like what that is, like the little 3D preview. Yeah. Turning Stones looks nice. Yeah. It looks to big. make a trip up there sometime? Yes. Yeah, here, here's, a quick, here's a quick okay. look at Turning Stones, at least the quick rendition of it anyway. Um, yeah. It's, and it's not exactly the biggest and most, uh, I guess. Is there another picture? No, this is the only one they have out, I guess. But this is um, what they got looking like at Turning Stones. It looks a lot more welcoming than the one at Del Lago. I mean, Del Lago's going to be Lago, tiny. I think Del Lago's right. aiming more for a, like, like, literally, like, sit down and watch type. Well, right, but, like, that one so. literally looks like you're walking in. It looks like a cozy place that when you go lose $100 a day, you're not max. Like, it also oh, looks like a restaurant, nice. too. That too. I, I think they're planning on doing food at DraftKings too. Like it's going to be like a sport. Sport. Well, they got to replace the vine somehow. Yeah. Well, I know. Like for me, like I went to Dover, Delaware, a couple of years ago for the NASCAR races. Um, it's. I mean, you've been the Vegas Nick. You've said in the sport books out there before. They were nice. I mean, it's made it's, me a fan. It's honestly a cool experience. I'm I'm pretty excited for this. Obviously, it looks like. Um, there's little machines too. Yeah, so. you're gonna be able. They're gonna have people obviously doing, or man, whatever you want to call it, man watch uh, stations that you can go up to and do. And you're gonna have the automated stations. Um, I don't think they specify how they're gonna pay out, like station wise. I think you actually have to go up to a person to get paid out. Probably to the best of my knowledge, but. It looks like you can make a bet, though, on the machines. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you can make the bet on the machine like that. Obviously, I think the next push for New York State, a lot of people are wondering about mobile betting. Um, that's a bit, of, I think, of a two-edged sword a little bit, obviously, but that's a different discussion, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty cool thing that's going to be happening. Um, it's going to have a major effect, obviously, on the way we view sport, I think, obviously. I mean, I know during football season – the way we get with fantasy anyway, and this will add a completely new element to to that. Plus, you know, other stuff too. You know, it's not just football. You got baseball. You got, excuse me, you got obviously basketball, specifically March Madness. Um, you know, I look at it and I think it's cool for NASCAR because you can do a parlay in NASCAR and literally just pick four drivers. They have like head-to-head driver matchups you could do. And all you have to do is pick the guy you think will finish ahead of the other guy, and that's how you win your money. So... Um, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. I want an official date is what I want. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the, we don't have the official date. No one does. <laughs> um, like I said, from what I understand, the piece of paper to go through registration to officially sign off on it Wednesday the 26th is, I think, what I saw. When is the phone? 
They say something next Wednesday? That will be, no, that's signing. That will be the next session, which is technically, I think, like the day after when they all discuss that. Um, that one, I think, is going to struggle a little bit to get through. I know a lot of people have some concerns about, obviously. Um, I think more from the logistical side of it. Um, you don't have the control of making sure anyone's over the age of 18 slash 21, depending upon what casino you're at. Um, yeah. Plus, I don't think Pennsylvania has the mobile betting either. Um, I know they're approved for sports betting to get going here soon as well. So, um, I think I think from a logistical side, it's going to struggle to get through. But obviously. Big step forward here. Awesome step forward in my opinion. Well, they need to get rid of those Vine TVs. God, mm-hmm. people were hurting their neck looking at that TV. <laughs> those were rough. That was terrible. Yeah. But anyway, but this is cool, cool, you know. To step forward, you know they need a, they need a sports they need a sports book, they need a golf course, and they need a nightclub. They're getting there. They're getting there. Yeah, and with them on the nightclub, on the golf course, they need to find a different area for that one. Though. They're getting there. I think you can make a golf course work out there pretty well. You got the Rolling Hills, so I think. And they need a pool party. Pool party. Pool party. What else do you want at the Lago? (laughs) What else? I want the racetrack. (laughs) Yes, they need a racetrack. We're getting there. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll jump into what would you know? We'll call uh, the one-year anniversary here over on Fairway One. Yes, one year. Um. It's been a really awesome year. Been a really cool year that you know we've had different opportunities pop up for us and different stuff that has happened. And uh, you know, I I can't thank everyone here at Fairways One Off, Jim Stankropi, who gave us the opportunity to, and all the help we've gotten along the way. Um, this has been a fun year. Um, had some challenges along the way for sure. Um, you know, handling stuff over here. Um, you know, it's not maybe not. You know, as difficult as I thought it would be, but it's certainly a challenge. You got different stuff you have to pay attention to. Like I left the mic on mute for about a minute after I had a cough, and you know, simple, simple stuff like that. We're still getting you know figured out even a year long, but it's been a lot of fun, a lot of cool moments. You know, looking back on it, you know, all the football talk we did, I think was really fun because, you know, we always had a really good. No matter who was here, whether it was just me and Nick, or we had Pat here or Matt here. Um, it was always great. And, you know, the people who come on and joined us on the show throughout, you know, our first year, you know, Pat, Matt, Josh Langley, uh, Jeremy Fredberg, Jim Spina. Um, you know, we got other people, obviously, we want to get on here. Um, that will happen in the near future, hopefully. Um, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of cool moments. Um, this is something I don't think either one of us really imagined us getting the opportunity to do when we first kind of cracked the idea of doing a podcast or something along this line and now we're here and um it's been a pretty pretty awesome first year over here if you're yes it has it's been thank you to everyone that's allowed us to do this but can we just agree that, that pete davison ariana grande topic was our worst idea ever i think either that or the where we first debuted the rap beef of the week thing that only lasted one one week no yes no ariana which oddly happened a year ago <laughs> yeah that was the worst uh well you know pat's he's a veteran out here you know this is his 13th time 
No you one's got, Nick, Nick, you got some cool stats. Do you mind sharing fun. a few? You know, you know, this is our 46th episode. Paul has been on all 46 episodes. He is the only guy to be here every single time. 100%. I was there 45 <laughs> times. That's like 90-something percent. Uh, Pat, 13 times. We had Jim on for one episode. We yep. had Josh on for one 98%. episode. 98%. Jeremy on for one episode. And Matt was even on for six episodes. Yep. You know? Yep. You know Last week, I didn't even realize that was my 50th ever shout-out. Wow. <laughs> you know, I've had multiple doubles. That's the reason why I'm up. But 50 shout-outs, the person I've shout-out the most is this guy over here, Ford Tyne, for some reason. I yeah, don't know why. Buddy. And this guy is looking to add his ninth career fun fact <laughs> to the game. Yeah, so, you know, happen. let's keep it going. Let's get more people on. Let's get the name out. Get the fans up. Pat? Me? What do you think about being a guest? Uh, you're the number one you're, guest you're on the show. You're our main like, guest co-host. Uh, so. Thank you guys for allowing me to come on once a month. It is very fun. Um, I always look forward to it on Tuesdays when I do get to come on. Um, yeah. That, that's just about all I got. You know, I was expecting thing. more. Yeah. You want more? Okay. <laughs> if you really want more... I don't know. I don't know. Oh my god, he's starting to tear up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is fun. Um, I know at times our talks can get kind of serious, but it's all for love of sports. I'll say it's you know serious. We try have. I mean, obviously, sport is something that brings us all together here. We're surrounded Um, by sports every day. Yeah, I mean, I work. (laughs) Maybe not work within sport, but you know, recreation is sport. Pat obviously works at Nike. I'm surrounded by sports every day of my life. Perhaps the biggest name in sport. Uh, Nick, as many of you know, as we discussed, especially during football season, uh, this guy runs about as good of a fantasy league overall as you'll find. No, it is the best. He Um, has stats dating back to our very first year of ever having our fantasy league. Guys, you're going to make me cry. To the point where people have come, like, walked up to him asking how they can get into the league. Well, yeah, I mean, so... um, you need to get an interview. Yeah, it is the work that Nick does. On that. Not just the fantasy football because he does it with all of the fantasy leagues yeah. that they're a part of. It is phenomenal. Just in depth as football. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I feel like some guys, a few guys, a couple guys in our league really don't take it that seriously. But seeing, <laughs> Whoa. seeing the articles and stats and everything that you put out every single week during just the fantasy football season alone – that has to take two or three hours out of a day to do. So, I mean... It, it does. That takes it takes a lot of hard work and effort. Um, this kid, biggest... One of the biggest sports super fans I know. I mean, the dude studies up on golf and tennis, so... Thanks, man. That's all you gotta know. I mean, and the big PBA... And I missed the big PBA playoffs. That's true, yeah. yeah. I don't know who won, but... That's the biggest bowl of the guy, but... <laughs> you know... Let's hope for another year. Yeah. Again, though, yeah. I mean, obviously, you can't thank everyone enough, really. It's not possible if you didn't have, obviously, some sort of viewership week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, we have we had new stuff coming out here with the final fresh take, which tonight was kind of this, how we were just, you know, talking about and thanking you guys and everything like that. Um, we have, we you know, me and Nick have kind of been trying to think of some new ideas as well. Hopefully, we can get some stuff rolling here and... Within a few, maybe not a few weeks, but, you know, different stuff, you know, hopefully we can kind of come up with and enhance it better for everyone, make it make it more fun and enjoyable than we usually try and do anyway. 
Um, if you guys have any ideas, don't be afraid to comment. You know, tell us what you guys would like to see, or maybe get a hold of us on our social medias. Um, ours are pretty straightforward. Paul Russo thirty two, pretty much everywhere. Nick is Nikki Fresh twenty one, pretty much everywhere. Pat is Pat Russo five, pretty much everywhere. Literally so. everywhere. Um, <laughs> Anywhere you everywhere. can find me on social media is Pat Russo. I mean, <laughs> so you know, if you guys have ideas for what you want, you know, discussed or anything like that, let us know. I mean, we'll we, find me Nike we, five days a week. we um, we're kind of you know obviously all ears, and we enjoy here. You know, we we do enjoy you know when somebody comes up to us and tells us that they listen to the podcast. You know, that first and foremost is still amazing to me that you want to put up with me and Nick for sure, always at least one hour give or take. So, uh, again, we appreciate it. Um, this is something that we've, I don't think, you know, looking back on, like I said, when we first discussed doing a podcast or anything like this, period, that we'd imagine being in. So We were doing it in our den. I was about to say, we're doing it in the Felice den. <laughs> so, uh, Pat, we'll go to you. Any fun facts um, before oh, we get out of here? We got a good one. So, right. being right. my 13th episode. Number 13 popped up again today, and I mentioned it earlier talking about the hockey. United States women national team scored 13 goals today against Thailand. In the previous three World Cups that the United States men's team has played in, 2006, 2010, and 2014, they scored 12 total goals. That is through 11 games. It took the men's national team 11 games to score 12 goals past three World Cups. Not going to, you know, throw, throw anyone under the bus here, but not against the greatest teams in the world. Women's national team, 13 tonight. Um, the force is female. That's all I got for you. We'll throw it to Nick for a shout-out. All right. Well, um, <laughs> hey, we were just talking about Brooks Kepka about win- trying to win his third U.S. Open. Yeah. I mean, we just went a whole hour without talking about Rafa Nadal winning his third straight French Open wow. and his 12th French Open in the last 15 years. But That's a solid point. In one of those years, he was hurt. So, um, yeah, he's pretty good, too. Uh, but my shout-out today, 51st career shout-out, is Paul. Wow. Yeah. yeah. His first time. Shout-out, Paul. <laughs> Thanks for running the show. Let's give it another year. Shout out, Paul. Thank you. I, I'm humbled. I, I didn't anticipate this. Now I'm going to cry. We're all going to be crying in the club tonight. Well, I mean, we got cookie. That's right. Hold that up well before we get out. Yeah, let's, let's get that let's, cookie cake. What the fuck? You, you want me to hold it up? Yeah, hold yeah, it. All right. The cookie cake Please for don't drop it and make this like a hilarious meme. One last meme. time. Oh, believe me. This isn't getting dropped. I love cookie cake. All and, right. And I'm again, eating. we can't. Seriously, we can't thank everyone enough. Hey, um, he still has money for that. Um, for, for tuning <laughs> okay. in at, every week. We appreciate it. Um, If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe. Download the FL1 app so you never miss anything. I know I don't. And we will catch you next week for another great episode of Fresh Shakes Podcast. And the big news.